Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Hi, it's Andrew Palmer. It looks like it's Jonathan Denwood, but it's not. He's out at uh, some conference or other. You know what these people are like. They go out and entertain themselves. And I'd like to introduce you to Stephen Sordas, first of all. Stephen Sauder, first of all, who's a regular um, co-presenter with Jonathan. And I'm Andrew Palmer. Uh, as the name says, it's not Jonathan Denwood, it's Andrew Palmer. And also, we have with us today... Uh, our main sponsor, which is fantastic. So Costas, Cost, Costas produce, Castos rather, because it's I've got to do a Jonathan there and get the name wrong occasionally. So it's Castos Podcasting, and it's Craig Hewitt, who's the main person, the starter, the founder, the man that did it um, and has allowed us to uh, be sponsored by him uh, for quite a few months now. So we're all very grateful for that. So Craig Introduce yourself to our audience and uh, tell us a little bit, 30 seconds of who you are, why you are, and where you are. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thanks for thanks for having me here. Looking forward to, to kind of diving into everything. Um, but yeah, my, my name is Craig Hewitt. I'm the founder of Castos. We're a podcast hosting and analytics platform. Uh, we're a team of 15 people all over all over the world, four different continents. And um, yeah, we've been in business about four and a half years and uh, you know have several thousand customers and um yeah, that's 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 kind of who who we are at this point. That's basically who you are. So you make you make it you make it easier basically for people like us to go out and podcast and do stuff and kind that's of the goal. monetize it or do it for entertainment and things like that. Now I had one question for you. So you bought um simply simply podcasting. There was a plugin you bought that that basically started this off four years ago or four and a half years ago. But what did, did you? I'm interested in what you did before that, and then we can maybe get into why you bought that and, and what your thought process was to buying a podcasting plugin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so definitely uh, the way we got started with this was uh, purchasing the seriously simple podcasting plugin. Um, before that, I was also in the podcasting space, uh, running a a productized service um, that does, and we still have it kind of within the Castos umbrella now, um, you know, kind of done for you podcast editing and production. So folks, you know, record a content, like piece of content like this, ship it off to us. We mix it with intro and outro. We have a team of audio engineers that cleans up all the ums and ahs and levels and makes everybody sound really great. Write show notes, create some marketing assets, publish it to your website. So you record, send it to us. And next Thursday it's live in Apple podcasts and Spotify and everything. Um, so ran that company for, it was called podcast motor. Um, ran that company for gosh, all told, probably like four years, but um, like wow. a year and a half um, as a as a side deal while I had a day job. Um, was able to quit my day job and go full time on that. And then about about eight months after quitting my job and everything, um, you know, the opportunity to acquire Serious Assemble Podcasting came along, and uh, have has that's been my kind of big thing ever since is building Castos. Cool. Right. One one important aspect you missed out. What was your day job that you were skiving off and, you know, creating this little <laughs> empire that you've made? <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was totally unrelated. I was in uh, in sales in the in the medical field. So you know, oh, wow. in the in the U.S., like medical technology and medical equipment sales and and everything is just an enormous industry, all very privatized. And so we sold capital equipment and disposable equipment to the hospitals and doctors. 
Oh, cool. Okay. Well, you know, you're helping kind of, aren't you? Because we all need, yeah, we all need to keep our health going. Right. Steve, have you got anything to, Stephen, you got anything to ask Craig? Well, I like, because I've got about eight questions I'm going to batter him with. So you can you carry on. Yeah. I have at least 16, but um, <laughs> so you bought a plugin, which kind of really launched you into the space. It sounds like a lot of people that kind of like go that way seem like they were like programmers or like they were moonlighting, like they had like their development job and then they like get in the plugin space. Uh, what was it like hopping from a like non-development job? Uh, all of a sudden you get this, uh, WordPress plugin. Um, like did, did you, did you know PHP? Did you know how to program? Did you have people on your team that could do that? Um, was it scary? Yeah, was it intimidating? Terrifying. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely terrifying. No, uh, to, to this day, don't, I know. So I know a little bit of code, but don't write any code and never have, um, and and that's really hard, you know. Like I think non-technical founders have just a an uphill battle, uh, as opposed to folks who can who can write code. Um, I guess in a way, right? In a way, they do because um, they they can't write code, and 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 not even like can't write code, but can't understand what it means to develop software. Um, and like worked for a long time with um, Jonathan Bossinger, who was our first developer and was with us for for years and years, um, and has since moved on to a role at Delicious Brains. Um, outside of development, coincidentally, but um, a lot of just how how he and I communicated, and how we form a development process as a company, and how how I get what's out of my head into something that they can work with, um, is just a huge learning curve for for someone who's not a developer. Um, at the same time, like I have pretty decent skills in sales and marketing, and so like I didn't have to learn that, which I think that is a maybe bigger hurdle for technical founders to come in and say like, hey, I can write all this code. I just want to make the product better and better, better all the time. And I think the the reality is like after a certain point, a better product is not going to change the the growth trajectory of a company. You know, it's sales and marketing that, that's going to really make a company a company because otherwise it's just a product. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, getting back to your question, it was really challenging uh, to to learn how to work with the developer to create a product. Um, it was my first real product and jumping into SaaS directly was a huge mistake, I think, but you know, it worked out. Um, it worked out in the end because we were able to self-fund the product in Jonathan's time from the profits of, of a productized service business. So, so I think that the model is really good for, you know, maybe a lot of folks listening that like have a small agency or are developers or are freelancers and have, you know, either flexible time and or money that they can invest in a product um, while not just like cutting yourself off at the knees, going headfirst into this thing, but just like, yeah, burn, burn the candle at both ends for a little bit. Um, take extra profits you're getting from your business or from freelancing and, and put it into a product that can then sustain you independently later on. Um, and, and kind of bridging the gap that way is a nice, um, easy transition, easier transition than just going headfirst. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I, I, I'm going to interrupt you there, Stephen, because I know Jonathan Bossinger really well. He was one of my first developers on Elegant Marketplace. Oh, wow. I used to own Elegant Marketplace, and uh, I've, I've been lucky enough to meet him a couple of times. Met him at uh, Berlin, and, and but we've had many, many, many hours of uh, Zoom calls and phone calls and WhatsApp calls and everything. Certainly during the early days, and uh, I was really pleased to see him developing on that. And I'm, I've been pleased to see his progress actually as a developer going on to 
you know, from Codable to, or from Elegant Marketplace to Codable to now doing what Delicious Brains. I don't know what he does with Delicious Brains. I haven't spoken to him for about seven months, to be honest. But yeah, he. I think he really helped. And, and that's the key, isn't it? Finding a developer that you can actually get on with. And he's quite chill as well. So he kind of doesn't get too stressed out and just says, well, I'm doing it as fast as I can, you know. <laughs> um, so that's that's key to, to finding a great developer to work work with. Yeah. Um, and that, that's important. And fact, you know, one another thing that you did, because I develop other stuff as well, and I've got an agency, Stephen does it himself as well. And we've both had successes and, and uh, I wouldn't call them failures, but things that didn't quite work out. Um, through finance more than anything else, you know, because you don't, I don't want to go like you probably didn't want to go into the VC world or into investment or, you know, how are you, one of the questions that I had for you, which, which trips on or, or, or really segues great into what you said is how are you, how have you financed your growth? Is it, is it specifically through sales and marketing and, and getting customers on? What's your churn rate like? What's your acquisition rate like? What's your acquisition cost like? Because I think anybody that's interested in developing a product for WordPress or, or, or SaaS product needs to know these kind of little tips and tricks from a, let's say, successful um, founder like you. You know, because you, you, let's, let's face it, you've got thousands of customers, paying customers. How are you doing it? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think just to hit on on something you said, like, finding a, a developer that you really get on good with is, is so key. And, and like when we hire developers now, a, a very significant part of it is just communication. You know, can I have a cup of coffee with them and, and communicate about a thing? Can they come to me and, and honestly, and, and openly say like, Hey, this is weird. And I don't understand this. And I think we're over-engineering this thing. And Hey, we're under engineering this thing. This is a, a huge operational gap for us over here. Like, I think just being able to be really open about that is, is important for me as a non-technical founder, for sure. And I think for, for, it sounds like for you all as, as technical folks working with developers, really important. So yeah, I mean, I think finding Jonathan was a really lucky thing for us. Um, and, and would, would be hugely important if I ever do this again, to find probably like a co-founder um, that's a technical person that I can just a hundred percent rely on, um, you know, everything they say, and we're really aligned on, on kind of where we're going. Um, but to answer your question about like kind of the, the finance or the acquisition side of the business, um, we were uh, self-funded for a long time, bootstrapped for a long time. Right. So like the productized service allowed us to buy the plugin and pay for Jonathan's time for, you know, however many months until we got the first version we were very lucky to um, to have quick traction to where we had paying customers on the first day that we rolled the first version of the product out um, and were to like ten thousand dollars in MRR like within the first year, um, which is which is pretty decent for like a a, a self funded company. Absolutely, yeah, really. Cool. Um, not long after we we did take financing. We've taken financing twice now. Um, not from like true venture capital, but, um, but, but at first from a, a startup accelerator program called tiny seed. So folks who listen to this podcast might know of Rob Walling and Indeed. all that he's done. And we were part of the first batch of tiny seed, um, where we, we took about 120,000 of, of financing there, um, to be part of the accelerator program. And then earlier this year, uh, June, I guess, a couple months ago, um, raised a 
more kind of proper seed round or pre-seed round, I guess technically you call it, uh, of about $750,000 um, from kind of individuals and companies uh, and companies that, you know, folks in this podcast would know, in, including Automatic um, and the Yoast team uh, invested in us. So, um, but I think that we, even with raising the amount of money we've raised, we still work a lot like a bootstrapped company um, where like, if you go raise $200 million, like you, you, you don't care about anything related to profitability because the goal is just what do we need to do from now until we raise our next round. Whereas, you know, we're, we're just kind of like this, um, this series of dips and, and returns to the mean, you know, like we, we are burning money right now. And that's the whole point of raising money is we want to invest in the company and the growth and the people now, instead of just amortizing that over, you know, the next year when we could be able to afford it. Um, so, so we raised money or spending more money than we make right now and know that in the next year, we need to get back to, <laughs> to this point where, where we're breaking even again, at least. Um, and so it's just a totally different mindset um, as opposed to like true venture capital where like the goal is just do what you have to, to, to feel good about raising a, a seed and then a series A and a series B. Launch Flows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. We've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. Where's the money going? Yeah, it's, so, so it's really interesting. So for the first time ever, uh, four and a half years in, we, we first calculated our LTV to CAC ratio last month. Um, so LTV, lifetime value, CAC, customer acquisition cost. Yeah. Um, and so CAC is basically all the money you spend on sales and marketing, paid acquisition, you know, ads, people, content, all that kind of stuff. And um, it was it was really interesting. Like it was it was really good. Um, and and this is a funny thing because like good is kind of bad. Also, <laughs> you know, like there's this ratio. Like the 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 sweet spot of LTV lifetime value to customer acquisition costs should be around three times, right? So your lifetime value should be about three times what it takes you to acquire sure. a customer. Ours was higher than that, um, which means we're acquiring customers efficiently. But 
at the same time, not spending enough on marketing. Um, so it's kind of like, and you get to that because you say, well, we're acquiring customers efficiently and it's not costing as much as we thought it would be because our LTV is like, you know, whatever Yep, is, is greater than, and that suddenly makes you realize that you, that you've got to, you've got to spend your money either more effectively or you've got to spend more of it at, yep. at, at, at a particular time. What's your churn yep. rate like? Yeah, we're fortunate. It's really good. Uh, it hovers around 2%. That is really crazy good. When That's you're thinking impressive. about, yeah, when you're talking about ISPs, hosting, um, you know, in our in our genre, if you're talking about cable companies, you're talking 25% churn, mm. right? So, yeah. and their customer cost acquisition is is like two years worth of ARR, right? So, That's you know, you're, 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 work. yeah. <laughs> well, it is tough to make you work, but they've got massive institutional investors. You know, I know that I used to work for MTL, now Virgin Media. Now, their their customer acquisition cost was like two grand. Mm. And their their monthly was twenty one ninety nine. You know, so yeah, it, it takes it takes a while to get that back. You know, but when you're dealing with institution investors that have got gazillions of money to put in, they really don't care because at the end of the day, they're investing in these companies to do their to do their buy at their sellout or whatever. You know, which they yep. did. I think NCL got sold about eighteen times during the time that I was working with them <laughs> six years. But Steve, Stephen, I interrupted you there. That, I mean, really great answers to those questions. Totally open as well. Amazing. Yeah, I appreciate that. Is the idea behind um, spending more money in marketing that you can get more efficiencies out of that? That like, if you invest in marketing, like by increasing that dollar spend, you can increase the efficiency of that dollar um, in trying to decrease that acquisition cost? Or is that not a, is that kind of a weird way of thinking about it? Um, I, I don't know. Like, I guess I've not thought of it in that way. What what you're saying doesn't seem wrong. Like, I I've not thought of it in that way. Um, the the ways that we want to invest more in marketing, um, with with both kind of raising funding and kind of seeing our LTV to CAC ratio being you know good to where we should feel good about spending more money on marketing, um, is is really like a a market share strategy. You know, like podcasting. And this is where I think like your strategy and our strategy for like raising money had a lot to do with the industry that we're in, right? Podcasting is really dynamic, a lot going on, a lot of people being bought and sold, uh, companies being bought and sold. And um, and because of that, we said like, hey, we, we should take money because the chance of something really great happening if we if we raise some money and, and are able to invest in the company and the growth of the platform and the team now versus, you know, just spreading that out over a few years. Um, probably gets us ahead of where we where we would be otherwise. Um, yeah, and, how, and so like, how creative do you get with that spend then? Like, so now you have money to play around with marketing a little bit more. Do you say, oh, these are some tried and true methods? Like, let's just try to refine that. Or you're like, hey, let's let's go try some off the wall crazy new ideas and do you know a, a mini TV yeah. series or <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah, no, you're you're spot on that like. Um, and again, like we didn't raise enough money to where we can do a bunch of super crazy things, you know, like get a billboard on the, on the five interstate in LA or something like that. But like, um, but, but we are, yeah, like we're, we're creating a, an original podcast series right now. Um, that is, that has nothing to do with podcasting has nothing to do with SaaS or WordPress or marketing. Um, and, and the goal really is like, Hey, we, we have the the time and the resources and the, and the talent on the team to create this really incredible piece of work. Um, 
but it also is going to serve like a, a purpose, right? It's going to be like kind of like our calling card or our, our digital resume. Like hey, people, folks come to say, we want to create like this really amazing narrative style podcast. We're going to say, cool. Like if you want to see what working with us is like, here's what we do, you know? Um, and so we're just able to do a little bit more of that than, you know, a smaller company or, or a company that's entirely bootstrapped because yeah, you, you know, that money has to really go to work well when you're bootstrapped. And, and if you're not super profitable, um, it's, it's tough to think about taking those, those kind of bets. Um, at the same time, you know, like I'm pretty pragmatic when it comes to sales and marketing, like it doesn't, it's not, it's not complicated. It's just hard, right? Like create sure. a bunch of really great content, build that organic engine, take care of those leads and, and, you know, prove your value proposition to them in sales. Um, and like how you do that is the really hard part, but it's not super complicated. Like, it's just a matter of doing all that really, really well. Um, and, and like what we've found is that like, it's just the people are so important. <laughs> you know, it's the, the people on the team realizing like, Hey, we can create a shitty, can I, sorry, I don't know if I can say that, a really bad piece of content. Um, it's WP Tonic, you can swear out as much as you like, <laughs> get on it. That's pretty tame. <laughs> <laughs> You're way behind the usual guests. Hey, pussy. <laughs> we, um, I mean, you, you can create like average content, right? And it's going to do an average job. And yeah. um, like just what we're finding across the board, like whether it's sales, marketing, product development, is that like I'm I'm coming to realize like that really amazing people are are really, really, really like the thing that make the difference. Um, yeah, we talked about Jonathan Bossinger before, and like Jonathan, if you're listening, um, it was it was a real bummer for him to leave because he's he's an amazing developer um, and a great person. And and he's an amazing too. person. Yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree. He's amazing, but I, I absolutely adore him. You know, he's yeah. just a, a wonderful guy and really just honest. But on that hmm. on 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 that with the people, Matt Madeira's still with you, right? That's of yesterday yep. and today yeah. and and stuff and carrying <laughs> on, even though he kind of questioned one of your investors quite a little while ago. That came, bit him in the ass a couple of times, but, you know, that was... Uh, how did you feel about that kind of situation with Automatic giving you some cash and, you know, having criticism from one of your podcasters that works with you but works independently as the Matt Medeiros podcast? And Matt's great. You know, I've even bought a hat, you know, because he... By buying the hat, he contrib you know, you contribute to the Big Orange Heart, which is, a, a you know, it's like close to my heart and it's... UK based as well. So, um, yeah. you know, how do, how do you handle and Yoast being bought as well? Did Yoast invest or was it was it uh, the, the Devolts that, that invested? Which 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 was it? How does that affect you when you then suddenly find out that Yoast is now part of a new order? You know, you, it, it's kind of must go through your mind and going, oh shit, what happened there? You know, this kind of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. Um... I think one of the real values that we have as an organization is we have a bunch of different people from really different backgrounds with different priorities and perspectives and things that they think are important. And um, when you when you really are able to embrace that and try to amplify it as much as possible is when really cool stuff happens is what we've seen. You know, um, like we have people just in sales and marketing from the auto industry and web hosting and, you know, all these really different agencies and like all these really different um, backgrounds to where like when we put all of that together into what we're doing now, 
it's really cool. And we have a bunch of different perspectives where we would cherry pick like the best of this one and the best of this one and the best sure. of this one. And so like, I think that when it comes to like specifically what you're asking, like Matt and his, um, his opinions and his stance on certain things, like we, we really embrace it because that's part of a big part of what makes us us. And, um, I think, you know, what you're talking about specifically, like, I think I know Matt has a ton of respect for automatic as a company, um, and what they've done for the ecosystem and stuff. Um, and, and for him to be, you know, honest and challenging, uh, in, in, you know, what he's doing is, is really healthy. And I think that everyone would, would say that, um, yeah. So and that, and that is, isn't that the, you know, we, we have the WP Tonic podcast and sometimes Jonathan is quite challenging, let's face it. Um, and isn't that, but isn't that the host's duty almost mm-hmm. to be challenging yeah. without trying to be too controversial, but to, to challenge and, and how do you see that growth of, you know, we've got a couple of challenging podcasters out there. You know, one was bought by Shopify. I'll, I won't mention his name particularly, but, you know, everybody knows who. He's a particularly challenging host on there. How do you, how do you feel about having a tool that can uh, broadcast people's opinions that you don't or may not particularly regard as appropriate? Yeah, that's it's uh, it's really challenging, right? Because I and I think this is where my personal beliefs and how the company operates need to div- divulge, div- divulge, divulge, yeah, whatever, or separate. divorce, um, or separate, divorce. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, because yeah, my beliefs are not what the company should do necessarily. Um, you know, like, and I think that um, one of the responsibilities that a platform like like ours has or wordpress.com you know has is the the responsible um ability to let pretty much anybody say anything they want you know within within some confines and 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 you know with 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 some guardrails but to say like hey if it's not hurtful it's not inciting a riot at the capitol it's not um it's not like actually hurting people or spreading misinformation um the the ability for someone on the the far right or the far left of the political spectrum to come in and say whatever they want, as long as they're not hurting anybody, is is the the right that we create as a, as a platform, you know. And yeah. and like where it where it goes off the edges from there is the super super challenging part because a lot of times it's subjective, you know. It's like what is hurtful. Um, sometimes it's really clear, and and a lot more of the time is not. And and so then it's just a judgment decision that 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 the company has to make to say like hey you know I understand that you may think this is okay but but it's not um, and, sure. so and, it's and, and, and it's that. always our right as individuals to be offended I mean you know it's my right to be offended but you know I'm pretty much not offended I've been ginger most of my life and you know it's kind of <laughs> goes I'm going grey now in fact the fact the fact that I'm ginger was was criticised or not ginger ginger any longer was criticised last night when I was out partying I went. Oh, you've gone grey. You're not ginger anymore. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for mentioning ginger. You know, but it's um, you know, I know that Stephen has set up a, a few companies and stuff, and and I think the advice that you're giving and the openness here is like outrageous. You know, it's great about financials and who's investing and all that kind of stuff. But the 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 main crux of it: Are you building this business to sell? Yeah, it's a really good question, and, and I think that. Anyone who takes 
outside investment and says they're not going to sell the business at some point is lying and or doing a bad job to their shareholders. Um, so yeah, I mean, when, when we took money, the, the, the idea was at some point our shareholders need to get a return and, um, and that the easiest way that that could happen is, is sell or to IPO. And that IPO is, um, like, I don't know. That's a really interesting one. Um, like it doesn't have to be on the NASDAQ anymore. You know, there are a lot of, uh, new places coming out, um, where smaller companies can, can go public and, um, create a liquidation event for their investors. Um, well, my own and for themselves <laughs> and for themselves. Um, yeah. yeah. And like, I, I don't know, I don't know what that'll look like for us, but um, yeah, I think, I think at some point, you know, our investors need to get paid for sure. Cool. Steve, you've, I'm, I've, I've totally overhosted this. Carry on. No, no. Great, great questions. That's super interesting answers too. Um, as far as like cast us and, like WordPress integration, like it's been really deeply tied to WordPress. Um, as as you grow, what happens with that? Is there a need to like say, oh, we're also deeply integrated with these other environments? Is WordPress always going to be like the darling that you focus on? Um, kind of what direction ha- and where do you take things as Cassis gets bigger? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I think that the 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 natural. Um, kind of evolution is is a little bit out of of WordPress, but like it will definitely always be like our core in terms of integrations and and kind of place we come from. Um you you were asking before about like starting a starting a software project. I, I think like add complexity to that is like a, an open source project. Mm-hmm. And and supporting an open source project is is just infinitely more complicated than you know, I have a Ruby on Rails app and it's all my world and everything that happens in there, I have complete control over, but, um, an open source project is, is just complicated. Um, but it is really, really powerful, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, the, the ecosystem of WordPress is, is just amazing. And like, I, I just, I can't imagine us ever wanting to separate ourselves from it. Um, just because I think it's great. It's a great community. It's a great product. Um, and for, you know, for us as a, like a customer acquisition channel, it's great because a bunch of people use our, our plugin and it's entirely free and it will always be entirely free. And then some of them decide to use our, our hosting platform too. And I think what we're, <clears throat> what we're doing in general, and it applies both to WordPress and, and not to WordPress is just giving more inputs and outputs to, to our platform. And so, um, we, we have a, a brand new, absolutely beautiful marketing site, uh, coming out in a couple of weeks and one of the things on the homepage is that Castos is the center of your audio universe. And, and that's really where we're going is like, if you think about a product like WordPress, right? Where like I use the analogy of like Typeform a lot, right? Um, like there's a lot of things that come into Typeform and Typeform does it things. And then there's a lot of things that come out of Typeform into a Google Sheet or a payment tool or something like that. Yeah. And so we see Castos as, as a similar kind of thing in the future where like, yeah, WordPress may be <clears throat> a lot of the inputs to, to what we're doing with Castos, but then there are going to be outputs from Castos to social media and yeah. email and Shopify and things like that, um, that, that will be, that will be coming in the future. So, yeah, I mean, I think we view, you know, how WordPress and our involvement in WordPress evolves kind of similarly to other tools that we're integrating with. Um, but it's always kind of the first place that, that we go for those pieces of expansion, I guess. Cool. Yeah. Right. So we, it's now time for us just to take a little break. 
um, and uh, announced the fact actually this is episode number 630. So we're just going to take uh, a little break so that we've got time to have some messages. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 